Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Screams and Sorrow, the podcast where we're talking about everything emo and metal. Uh, my name is Eric, the aka Elder E Monk, and today with me I have again John Bernardo. Yo, what's up, man? How you doing? I am doing well. How about you, sir? Not too bad. Um, I'm excited. I think a lot of people liked our first episode. At least we got some comments. Yeah, we got some people that uh, that seem to uh, like the conversation we're having. So we're back again with a new album, which isn't so new. I think it came out like what a month ago. About at this point. Yeah, give or take. Uh, yeah, but the band that we're going to be reviewing today is Dying Wish and their uh, new album called Symptoms of Survival. It came out November 3rd, um, and I'm excited to talk about this one. Yeah, man. Let's, let's just jump right in, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. So this was actually one of the bands that uh, they're signed with Sharptone Records, and Sharptone Records is actually very cool with reactors. Um, and this was one of the bands that I actually got to listen to their songs a couple of days before public release and um, do a reaction video for them. So that was really cool. Um, and along with that, we got a little bit of information about it. So just right off the bat, I wanted to talk at least based off of, you know, as they were writing the album, what they were going for. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, main vocalist, her name is Emma Boaster. Um, she wrote that uh, Symptoms of Survival is an 11-part piece covering the complexity of human suffering in all forms, from the honest and personal perspective of heartbreak, painful trauma, loss, rage, and regret, to the more objective perspective of war, greed, and ultimate survival. So, John... Is that what you got from this album? Um, I don't know if I got all that. <laughs> I, I won't lie. My my focus was a lot on on the music itself, more over the the lyrics. So I do feel like I'm missing a good chunk of the purpose behind the album. Uh, I can feel that. Like now that you say it, I can feel that coming from her. But I, I can't honestly say that I felt that in the in the, in the moment. Yeah, uh, you know, it's funny with like, sometimes like albums and even movies just go like right over my head when they have like this overarching theme to them. Yeah. Um, and when you go back to it, you know, and you start picking apart the lyrics, you can probably get it a little bit more. But uh, I think that's still cool. It seems like, you know, they obviously had their theme that they were going for it here. And like you said, now that you kind of read it, I, there's definitely some songs that I think stand out mm-hmm. alongside that message. Uh, but yeah, give me your overall thoughts of this album. Well, my overall thoughts, I mean, when I first heard it, it just kind of threw, I just threw it on because I heard people talking about it and it blew me away because it was, it's very, you know, simple than compared to everything else. You know, it's pretty much chug fest, um, but it really pays tribute to a lot of the kind of early metal core, early hardcore, heck, we're even going to like a little bit of melodic death metal, like in flames, you know, uh, dark tranquility, we're going old school stuff like that. So there's a lot of everything in it i would say what it resembles most to me is unearth if they you know continued to to grow um i I feel like unearth kind of took a little bit of a plateau and started got got a little stagnant um on where they were going with their sound but i feel like dying wish takes that and builds on it a little bit more uh but it does remind me of early unearth when they were you know really hungry and uh really really pushing the boundaries of metal and hardcore um but overall uh i i do feel like I, we'll get into it as we talk about like certain songs i do feel like at some points 
uh, some of the songs kind of blend in together. Uh, and that obviously comes along with, you know, the, the chugging, the, the, the chugging breakdowns, right? They, you know, they're all very, they all kind of fall in line. They do feel like they're all a part of each other. Uh, I think that's the, the, the issue when you're making this type of album versus everything else that's out there is that you, when you have, depending on how you pace it out, when you have this many breakdowns and they, they sound so similar in their execution and in their patterns and in the vibe that they throw off, you, it can kind of come on a little bit repetitive at the end of the day. But I mean, those, those, those are breakdowns for you. I, I just feel like in this album, they, to me, the way that the album was paced out, it stood out more that I, I got to a point, if I'm just listening to it without focusing on what track I'm on, I sometimes forget, wait, what song am I? Did I not just hear this breakdown on that last song? What's going on? That's- yeah, that's interesting. I think I think we had a lot of the similar kind of takes from this. Um, you know, in my notes, I I, I mentioned like there, there's a lot of what I felt like punk vibes that I kind of really liked. Like to me, you mentioned Unearth, but to me, I went kind of the opposite spectrum. Where like this sounds like you know if a day to remember went even heavier. Wow, you know, because nowhere yeah, close to that. <laughs> yeah because it had like um it definitely has some poppy vibes that comes from like that like old school metalcore like you're mentioning from the 2000s mm-hmm. like the things is the, the a lot of songs what they resemble the most to me to kind of you know grab from from some comparisons to me where uh you know early kill switch engage and like bullet for my valentine you know really stood out to me um and you mentioned like the chugs. Obviously, there were there were definitely some catchy choruses in here, and I think some songs lend to that more. I put here in my notes. Shout out to two minute songs because <laughs> you know I definitely appreciated that. Um, but you're right because a lot of the songs kind of blended in, and because a lot of them were like two minutes long. You know, at one point, I'm like, okay, am I am I on the same song, or did I jump yeah. over to another song here? And that's that's what happened to me. So yeah, why don't we we jump in and let me know a little bit about. Um, you know, some of the songs you wanted to highlight. Yeah. I mean, we, we can even, I feel like they're so quick. I can, I have something for each song. So let, we can start from the top. Um, so, so like track one, uh, Symptoms of Survival, right? Had, uh, wait, is the first track called Symptoms of Survival? Am I just crazy? Yep. Okay. Sorry. I'm is. like, did I write down the wrong title? Uh, yeah. So Symptoms of Survival, the first one right after the, the bat. Um, great start. This one feels like a little bit of hate breed. Uh, influence okay. hate breed and unearth uh, as i said the riffs very commanding riffs very powerful and you know it's pretty much sets it to the stage for a sample of what you expect to come there's nothing more than that it, it is straightforward it is in your face and, and it gets its point across um good song it, overall though yeah what's your thoughts yeah i know yeah i noted it a, a very energetic start to the album which mm-hmm. which i appreciated um you know the entire song is harsh vocals from beginning to end right mm-hmm. so there's none of that kind of you know clean or melodic catchy choruses it's all harsh you know i i also found the drumming to be very fun in this track mm-hmm. um so yeah i think it was a nice uh, energetic start kind of giving you a little bit of taste of what you're going to get in this album yeah let's um I think that's. I think uh, compared to our, you know, our first episode, I don't think there's as in depth analysis that's going to be required on these songs. So I feel like we're gonna. I feel like it's pretty top level. I I have some more notes on the ones that are coming up for sure. So I'll, I'll jump into the next one. Watch my promise die. Um, I I like they do a lot of this in the album where they kind of do these little weird chord uh, held chords. Um, 
where they're just kind of mixing notes that don't usually go with the chord. And I, I don't know any other way to describe it other than that, but it just sounds like there are extra notes that you don't usually hear in a, in a typical chord. Uh, and, and that stood out to me. Um, but then, but then the part that, that comes right after that, and this is going to happen a lot throughout the album is that they have this very unique corded part. And then, they just forget the forget the keys that they're on, forget the melody that they're on, and then we just let's just go straight into an open breakdown. It's the same open, right? They're, we're not even trying to do it on any other note. We're just keeping it open, and it always throws me off because it feels like insert breakdown here. The breakdowns are all right. all solid. I'm not shitting on the breakdowns at all. It just it it's just always feel, and I've always had this thing where when a song just abruptly goes into a breakdown and it's 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 just open instead of just kind of even doing something with the the same melody that you just did always just kind of throws me out um but other than that you know it's a blessing and a curse you get a little bit of both uh and then it kind of just jumps into like a darkest hour type of riff so okay right and so it's are we we talking like as i lay dying i'm i'm Maybe you're saying As I Dine. I found another song that sounded like As I Lay Dine. To me, this sounded like Darkest Hour. Um, and uh, and then and then we get the melodic singing. Our, our first melodic singing on this one. And I really, really like her voice. Um, it's not overproduced at all. It sounds very raw, uh, but very but layered at the same time. Like it still sounds it still sounds full. And it reminds me of I told you on the last episode, um, I wrestled the bear once, which was right. Courtney's old band. And there was a girl before her that sang in that band. And the cleans kind of remind me uh, of that girl's cleans. Her name's escaping me right now, but um, it reminds me of that. And I actually do have some spirit box influences later in this album, but I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Um, but yeah. What, yeah. Are, what are your thoughts? Watch My Promise Die was the, I think the second song mm -hmm. that I reacted to them. The first one being torn from my silhouette. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember liking this one a lot. I thought, you know, the first thing that jumped out to me was like, this has some incredible early 2000s style riffing, mm -hmm. um, which really stood out to me, you know, and, and I love a song that kind of transports me back oh to a certain the whole album does really area yeah and like you know when i was like it was like 2004 2005 and i was living in toronto and i remember like you know, i was taking the subway a lot in, in toronto mm -hmm. well i just said toronto in toronto i was taking the subway a lot um and i remember having like an mp3 player that was like a sony one it was like i think uh 64 megs or something like it could hold maybe like 20 songs <laughs> at most yeah um but i had in there like it dies today from autumn to ashes uh you know kill switch engage you know i've, I've obviously mentioned and this song with the riffs specifically mm -hmm. like i felt i was writing the subway nice um and even though it wasn't you know a, a one for one you know copy by any means it's just the vibe of it kind of transported me back and mm -hmm. i really really like that um and you know coming from like obviously i grew up listening to a lot of punk and emo music and kind of want to establish a little bit more what i'm talking about like if you listen to bands like silver scene or census failed you know they have a lot of that kind of melodic riffing in their in their music as well the difference is is that um uh dying wish adds in like you said the breakdown which yeah. you don't get you know, typically in like an emo music, right? Mm -hmm. So I thought, um, you know, and the thing, the thing obviously about like just 
emo in general or like that early melodic uh, metalcore from back in the day was it was very catchy mm-hmm. like it, it kept your attention and i felt this song did a good job kind of as a follow-up um to the first one to really kind of establish itself and and let you know but the the influence is there from the from that early 2005 is definitely there but overall i like the song um i think it's it's you know um up there in like you know the top five of the album <laughs> if you will yeah it's definitely a, a stronger one for sure um the next one is starved and i really didn't have a whole lot of um of uh feedback for this one or, or kind of thoughts and i i think a lot of my thoughts here are kind of comparing it to like earlier songs and i think that's my best way of explaining yeah. it but honestly that's just what this it's just what the album does for me, right? But for me, the notes that I put here for the starve was it's just a open string chug fest with some bullet for my Valentine vibes. It's so funny when you when it when it comes to metalcore, like especially from what we grow up with uh, and what you call it back to, right? Because you're saying bullet for my Valentine, I'm saying Azalea dying on this one, um, and then and then it turns into a little bit more of this is where we get a little bit of the Swedish melodic death metal um influence as well but to me i I hear more as i like dying with with the way they build up but you know so are we talking bands like amana marth uh no i'm talking when i say melodic death metal um i'm talking about at the gates in flames dark tranquility um okay i'm drawing some other blanks right now those are the top ones off the top of my head right now uh some other ones will come to my head after (laughs) but uh those are the ones that i'm thinking about from way back in the day uh you know late 90s um children of bodom a little bit of arch enemy right like those kind of bands soil work you know that kind of era yeah that's but yeah yeah. no heaven shall burn actually heaven shall burn's a great um they're they're not they're not like that but like they're a great comparison when it comes to the that kind of stuff um but yeah this one to me same thing right like azalea dying breakdown fest the first the first half of the song sounds to me it just sounds like a an azalea dying song all the way through and so that's what i said yeah, and I, go ahead i was gonna say i was gonna wonder what like all the listeners are gonna think about this just kind of because like literally when we get to the next two songs i have them broken down by sections mm-hmm. as to like exactly what song they sound like yeah and, and and it's what i said in the beginning uh, i think i feel like this is kind of like a love letter to the what the, the this band is probably listened to um it doesn't sound like a ripoff but it also doesn't sound like it's not like it sounds like it's it it is it's not a copy it just sounds influenced i, I guess is the best word to use it's just heavily influenced by the band you can hear you can hear what bands they wear on their sleeve if you know what i mean yeah, like if I can use a video games reference, I don't know if anyone will understand this, but like recently this year, a game called a game, sorry, came out called Liza P, which is essentially like a Souls kind of Bloodborne, Dark Souls, mm-hmm. uh, Sekiro kind of influenced game. I'm not going to call it a ripoff, and it was a great game. Like it's one of my favorite games of the year because they're one of the few that actually um, imitated but made it their own mm-hmm. and made it fresh mm-hmm. and made it exciting. And it's a good game, right? Yeah. I kind of feel like that's a lot of what we're getting. And I don't think that's necessarily what they set out to do, but I, I do think, you know, they were obviously influenced by a lot of these bands probably growing up or what they're listening to. Mm-hmm. And that's typically every band, whatever they write, none of it's really original. They're just kind of playing 
what they grew up liking, what they want to play. And, you know, they kind of give it their own flavor. I want to go back real quick to watch my promise die mm-hmm. because we actually got just a, a quick note from, from Emma about it. Um, and I might as well kind of bring it up. And she, she mentioned that that song specifically was written about the overwhelming anxiety of pre uh, predestined failure. When you commit everything you have to one area of your life, the idea of it falling apart looms with such heavy importance the song is written from the perspective of toying with that fear, allowing your weakness to overcome before you lose everything in a means outside of your control. So it's always kind of cool, you know, to get a little bit of insight, like where their headspace is at when they're writing these songs, because, um, you know, it just adds some extra texture to it. Yeah, no, that's uh, definitely d- deep on that. Yeah, so... um I went back, now I want to go forward. The next two songs, I'm just going to put it out, these were my two favorite songs of the album. Mm-hmm. Um, then The first one was Pray For Me. Yep. Um, and this one, I don't know, just kind of stood out to me. I, again, the melodic riffing that you had kind of happening in the background, I'm a sucker for when like, you layer guitar. Um, and right now in, in metal, they're focusing on just low-tuned, as dirty as you can get sounding, where you don't even know how many guitars are playing mm-hmm. sometimes. This one, I thought, you know, every layer of the instruments were so well-established. There was always something for me to kind of pick apart, and it just... it. it really kept me not guessing but it kept kept me engaged and it kept me like excited to hear what was happening next and the energy here really is great as it speeds up and then it slows down with the chugs and then it speeds up it's just there was a lot of of movement here musically that really stood out to me and it, it became kind of one of my favorite songs of the album yeah um i actually for for pray for me uh, i i inch- I describe the first riff as a stink face riff. Like when you hear it, you're like, you know what I mean? You get right? like one of those. Oh, Oh, dun, 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 dun. Like, it's just like, you're just like, Oh shit, that's nasty. Oh, that's nasty. Um, and then this is like perfect explanation. Um, for me of this song, like that's kind of like a stinky face on that. Um, and this has very much like Azalea dying type riffs where they're doing that, like that breakdown. And then they're while they're doing the breakdown, the other person's doing like the riff in the background, like he's constantly going, you know, you know, like that kind of trope. Um, that That's what I feel like that. And then this one, when the, like the double kicks kick in around the one minute, that to me is at the gates, like straight through at the gates kind of style. Um, I don't know if you ever listen to At The Gates, but like, if once you hear the album Slaughter of the Soul, you'll hear that and you're like, holy shit, everything is modeled after this album. I'm going to have to listen to it then again. Guys, it is, I have listened to At The Gates, but it's been, it's been a hot minute so, for sure. So with all of your, like, I don't know the last time you listened to it, but with all of the, the knowledge you've had and the years you've been listening to metal, you go listen to that album and you're going to hear how much how much that to you you're gonna be like oh this sounds like this this and this band but in fact it's gonna be the other way around we're like oh these bands this is where they got it from okay yeah i'm gonna have to check that out for sure yeah yeah because i mean it's 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 interesting and again kind of pulling from like those influences but this one kind of really stood out it was the first one out of the first you know few songs that came on that really stood out to me and i'm and it, it also was the one where i didn't you mentioned actually that 
you know, you feel like it pulled influences from like at the gates and Absolutely, stuff like that. Yeah. This was the first one. This was the first one for me where like I didn't hear any of that, mm-hmm. right? So it kind of stood on its own for me, which I really like. Um, but my favorite song absolutely on this album was Path to the Grave. And even when I reacted to it, I think I, 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 I was blown away. I remember liking that song like heavily mm-hmm. <laughs> and had, had a great time with it. And I think like, I have to be honest, it goes back kind of to the nostalgic vibes. For me, this was probably the most early 2000 sounding song. And I just absolutely loved it. And this is the one where like I picked it apart. Now I did get again, a, a little bit um, of insight. Um, so path to your grave was written in mind as fragments. Part two fragments is written about her struggle uh, with her relationship with her stepfather, who was manipulative, controlling and abusive towards her. That me- that mistreatment has resulted in a lot of unhealthy habits and part and patterns in her life that she struggled to move on from. Um, so fragments one was her talking about the experience publicly for the first time after expressing her grief. The song concludes with, I would bury you if I could. The song also concludes with the same seven words, but has a different outlook since releasing fragments. She has grown to a new level of acceptance, acceptance with her trauma. And this song is about that acceptance. The anger and the hurt is still there, but now it just stings a little less. It has a much more triumphant expression. It's crazy, like reading this and ob- again yeah. going back to her mindset as she's do like that's some heavy, heavy stuff. And I almost feel bad or maybe good now <laughs> saying that this is my favorite song because this is her try like being triumphant in that expression. Yeah, but um, your pain really this, helps. Again, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and this is the one where and I wish I could do it here, but honestly, it's going to take up too much time if if I go and try to find the actual seconds. But there are sections in this where I'm like, this is a hundred percent bullet for my Valentine waking the demon. This is a hundred percent like as I lay dying. This is a hundred percent a quick a kill switch engage chorus. Like, and I could almost put them next to next to each other with the songs. And they're not going to be a one for one yeah. because obviously they're not, but they're just so heavily influenced by those specific areas. And they may have never even listened to those songs before, but it was just incredible to kind of see the comparisons between those two. And every time they came up, it was like a new trigger for me. And I thought, I thought it was fantastic. I love this song. This song is definitely, it's very catchy. Um, I describe this as like metalcore 101. Like this is, if you were to, uh, you know, show someone, hey, what's metalcore? You play them this song. It's like everything in this song is pieces of like the big metalcore movement that happened. You know, I don't know how old we were, <laughs> maybe like 15 years ago, right? When it was really booming, like 2005, 2010, right? To me, it's like it starts off with the for the guitar players, and and I don't, I don't know if you think about it like when you think about guitar like this, but there's the eight five zero riff. Do you know what I mean when mm-hmm. I say that? So yeah. th- that's right off the bat. They do the eight five zero, and then after that breakdown, and then after that blast beat build up to the kill switch engage course. It's like you hear this course. I'm like, that's a that's kill switch. Like it sounds identical to kill switch. They have the you know the slow guitar over the f- like the fast crash hits, and you have like the slow um, chord being picked like you just kind of like it's kill switch template just paste it in there and i i actually thought i I meant to look do you have it on your sheet who produced this album uh no i don't 
Yeah, I don't think it would have been Adam D, but like I, I, I hear this song, and I'm like, okay, did Adam from Killswitch have a little hand in this one? Because this one sounds heavy on the influence, heavy on that. Like that was just, I, I, that's that was, was the most um, blatant. And I'm not going to use copy because it doesn't sound like um, a sound like a Killswitch song that they're copying, but it sounds like it could have come from a Killswitch. Just this chorus alone. And then, then we get the, and then we ended off with the breakdown and there's something about their breakdowns on here. I don't know what, um, what tuning they're on. Um, but it's something about the tone and the tuning that every breakdown sounds like it's coming from uh, like the first or the second unearth album. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's, it seems like you and I were kind of on the same page about that yeah. because yeah, it's just, it's funny how you could pick that apart. But I thought, like I said, it was great. I love the energy. Um, and and it was just a lot of fun Mm -hmm. and this is one that like i do have in my playlist this is the one from the album that i do have kind of like in my general playlist Mm -hmm. that i have you know kind of playing all the time because it's the one that kind of stood out um the next song paved in sorrow i liked a lot i i like the fact that this album has a song ballad with cleans yeah yeah i'd like a ballad type song uh which again is very you know uh (laughs) <laughs> we're saying it for the hundredth time take a shot every time we say it but it's like no. early 2000s right kind of metalcore vibes uh, i like that she gets to show off her singing mm-hmm. you know her harsh vocals are obviously on point we've got some catchy choruses in here but here it's a lot of her singing um and this is the kind of like gateway song that gets people into metal i feel or got or at least me you know i listen to a lot of punk growing up so it was like some 41 blink 182 simple plan like you, you know the list goes on and on and on right um and some 41 kind of started dabbing into a little bit of heavier you know music if you will that kind of pushed me over but what really drew me into metal was when you got you know the songs that had some heaviness to it but they leaned a little bit more on the clean i remember listening to screaming and be like i don't like the screaming part but I like the clean part. Yeah. And then the more you started listening to it, you're like, okay, well now I kind of like the screaming mm-hmm. part. And now all I did listen to is screams. Right. Um, I think paved in, in the sorrow is, is, is that type of song where someone who really doesn't listen to a whole lot of metal will listen to it. And it's heavy enough, especially during like the chorus um, where it's like, okay, I like this. And then you can jump into like some of the other songs. Um, but yeah, I, I like the fact that they had a, a, um, a cleanish song on here. Yeah, no, it's definitely, it was a great ballad. Um, it's a great way to break down, uh, you know, everything that's been happening through it. Um, I, I would say, and this is what I was talking about when I told you spirit box, uh, vibes, and it may be weird to hear it, but there's things that she does vocally that remind me a lot of Courtney. Um, and it's, it's not that she sounds like Courtney. It's just, there's, I, I get a same aura and a same shiver and vibe um when she sings the same way that courtney gives me when courtney sings so that's what i meant by like my like that comparison i don't know if you hear that but maybe if you go back and listen to it with that in your mind you might hear it yeah i'd have to listen to it again with that in mind i it didn't stand out to me like that at all mm-hmm. um i did note though that she had she had a great like voice mm-hmm. and this one i think really kind of showed it off absolutely this show that like w- with most uh, screams that that are the way that they are on this album you hear a scream like that and you're like oh this person's not ripping any cleans like they're they're straight up just doing screams the whole way you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so yeah it was good to it was good to see her shine um the the next song 
Tongues of Lead. This is a perfect transition com- compared to the ballad. And while I, I, you know, blessing and a curse, how I, I feel like a lot of the album kind of meshes together in a way that you're, you're thinking, did I hear the song already? It's also a good thing because it's just a constant flow where it's just smooth into the next one. And, and I feel like based on how the other one, uh, the ballad ended, this comes back to remind you, no, we are still heavy as fuck. Um, and I felt a little bit of black metal influence on this one. It's crazy that you say that because I thought I thought I was going to bring that up and you were going to call me crazy. Because the, the next three songs, I actually put them together. Tongues, Tongues of Lead, Kiss of Judas, Hell's Final Blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, I said that they all kind of blended together for me. Um, all three of those songs. They're all two-minute songs mm-hmm. um, or two-and-a-half-minute songs. And I don't know if that's the reason why. But I put heavy follow-up with black metal vibes. And it's crazy that you mentioned that because I, I thought it was crazy. Yeah, to me, it's it, this is basically, if, if black metal had breakdowns, this is what it would sound like. And, yeah. and mind you, not all yeah. black metal, right? And obviously, I'm generalizing because I've, I've, I've heard a ton of black metal and it's a spectrum on how different um, it all sounds. But yeah, this is, I would definitely put um, Tongues of Lead and Kiss of Judas uh, at the top of my list just because they remind me of um, other st- stuff I've loved for sure. Yeah, that's crazy because, uh, so I don't, I don't listen to a whole lot of black metal um or any black metal like I, I couldn't name a black metal band until um i just came back from from a festival in mexico uh that was that was Show called off. the mexico metal fest yeah a little bit um but it was mostly black metal mm-hmm. that played there so for the first time um you know I, I was hired on to you know take photographs videos that kind of stuff so i was listening to a lot um of black metal and i won't say like it's gonna be my go-to or something that i thoroughly enjoyed plus some of the bands that i listened to were um were very interesting and most of them were from like norway or poland or like places like that bands like batushka i don't know if you heard there was one that i liked a lot called midnight which was kind of they call they call it like black and roll which oh is i like the sound of that of like you have yeah, to share so these like with me after I will. It's like punk with black metal. It's really cool. And at the end of their set, they uh, broke the guitars on the stage. So oh, you know, always a good use on. of your guitar just to break it on the stage. <laughs> but uh, getting it. back on point, <laughs> yes, um, that was the first time that I ever listened to to black metal. And I don't know if listening to this album so soon after that helped me because before then I would have never pulled that apart. And it did. It gave me those vibes a hundred percent. So yeah, I thought that was really cool. But yeah, I don't really have anything much to say for the next three songs because, like I said, this, they all kind of blended together for me. I, I mentioned earlier that um, what song was it that had Star, Starved had a little bit of, you know, that that old school metal and, and Pray For Me had a little bit of the at the gates in some part. Kiss of Judas is what like this, this intro riff, <laughs> this intro riff is at the gates. It's totally at the gates, a little bit of Arch Enemy, but very much at the gates. Like if if you ever see these people and they don't know how at the gates is, I would be shocked that they they would not know that um this one is one i want you to come back and listen to after you listen to some of the the slaughter of the soul album and then tell me you don't i'll actually give you the exact song i want you to listen to after um but i love it uh because i love at the gates and uh breakdown hits really hard um and and then and then we get like the kind of the kill switch ending you know what i mean um yeah this is uh, at the gates unearth 
Kill switch. Mashed all together. Uh, let's jump to Hell's Final Blessing, track nine. Um, this one, this is where I start to get a little tired. Um, it's where it's where they start with a great opening riff, and then we just stop, and then we're like, let's go into our open chug breakdown. It just it felt forced to me. Um, I don't know if this is a way to tell it, but this is the least played song on the album. I mean, this I would love to have these numbers for my own band, but uh, this has eighty five thousand listens versus uh, the uh, versus the rest, which are over a hundred thousand um, and counting, right? So definitely, but by listener standpoint, it's definitely their the weakest one on the album. To me, it's my weakest one. It's where I started feeling a little bit of the metalcore fatigue, and uh, yeah, I, this is when I looked at my at my track list and said, "How many songs are left?" You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that was with you. I was yeah. with you 100 there because by this song, I'll be honest. I think by Kiss of Judas, I was already kind of there. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely when Hell's Final Blessing came on, um, I was like, it, it kind of went back to our conversation around EPs, around how much I appreciate a a an album that instead of maybe being 11 songs mm -hmm. long, is maybe six, maybe eight songs long, but it's like six to eight bangers one after the other and i think by this point in the album they were kind of losing me um a little bit now yeah I, I we can see the amount of uh care that they've put into the storytelling of the lyrics which i think you know you have to kind of go back and look at so i'm sure there's there's you know tongues of lead kiss of judas hell's final blessing kind of moving on it's all kind of tying in the mm -hmm. message that they're trying to get on so probably an important song within the canon of the album if you will but um but yeah i was with you 100 percent there it's it, it definitely started to lose me at this point and it only brought me back just a little bit from torn from your silhouette because this was the very first song uh that i reacted to this was the song where i learned who dying wish was mm -hmm. um and i remember calling it back kind of like twilight core because if you've seen the video it's like it has vampires and stuff like that so it felt to me like a very kind of edgy kind of twilight metalcore type song um but I've also listened to this song a lot. So kind of following Hell's Final Blessing going into Torrance from Your Silhouette. Mm -hmm. Again, it just it didn't necessarily bring me back just because I had listened to this song so many times before because this one came out. Uh, I, it had to have been like April of this year or March even. Tell me like there's a, a kind of like a pre chorus type thing part and you tell me this is not rose of sharon from kill switch engage oh a hundred percent do you know which part i'm talking about like uh, right at 21 seconds yeah. it's just like that like this is like the most blatant one like this sounds so much like it at least from a guitar standpoint um but then the breakdown comes in and the breakdown is scary like it's got this kind of evil um back uh like guitars behind it while it's chugging away um and it's just dark and you you feel that it's mean it's angry it's scary more so than other ones i feel um and then and then we get back into this again we get very much kill switch uh metalcore kind of melodic part and then we get one of the biggest out of the whole album one of the biggest breakdowns buildups that you hear where it's those ones where you can tell that they're building it up live um and just telling people to get ready and they're like not going to start this not going to start this, the song until until everyone gets in, in pit formation um and then and then it just 
the whole place tears apart. You can hear it in this one. I, I can visualize um, Emma commanding the stage and the place exploding when when this breakdown hits at the end. Like it's definitely a powerful one. Yeah, and and uh, again, I had here. This is the biggest early two thousand song mm-hmm. on here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote that in bold, like bold capital letters. Yeah. Um. So, but it's still again. I all of this that I'm saying. I'm saying it mostly as a positive. Yeah, uh, it's like none of these are shots. It's just it is it it is like a kind of a coming home thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, And I think this leaves them a lot of room to grow. I think as a band, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, because it gives them the opportunity to kind of refine that sound. Um, You know, they haven't been. I think they only have one other album, which is Fragments in 2021 um well they have dying wish serration 2018 so like they're still a newish band um obviously finding themselves and i think this is a good example of that um the last song on here interesting and i want to get your thoughts on it it is their most played well their second most played song yeah, so Porns from Silo- your silhouette has yeah, almost that was a about, million yeah that was the highest one and this is the second yeah it has one, almost yeah. a million Everything else is between 100 to 200 with some of the singles, you know, in the 400 range, Torn From Your Silhouette, almost a million listens, but Lost in the Fall is the second highest with 500,000. Mm-hmm. What did you think? This to me, um, I don't know. Here, here's an interesting comparison because all these songs are all, all comparisons, right? Because we've clearly established that. Um, this one, I get Evanescence vibes. Especially yeah, like near more more like the chorus um before before the chorus at least um it's definitely like very much as lady dying but when i hear the chorus it, it reminds me of fallen era of evanescence i'm a massive evanescence fan even even to like the newest stuff um and uh definitely like their old stuff it sounds very dark very gothic very heavy i i didn't uh i'm sure if i go through the lyrical content i'm sure it's probably one of the most depressing ones just but from the vibe i get from it um but yeah I, I actually really dug this because like i said it brought me back to the days and it's like what you said for another comparison um how it brings you back and how it made you feel this one made me feel like evanescence and evanescence was a huge part of me kind of growing up um and uh just getting that vibe from it definitely made it made it struck a chord pun intended uh deep within me for sure nice man so i think overall we were we're pretty positive on the album um i think you know from my perspective the nostalgic feel uh, we can say if you're a fan of kill switch engage bullet from my valentine as i lay dying from autumns to ashes at the gate even a little bit of black metal um you know sprinkled in there i think this album is definitely worth a listen i would give this I mean, we don't really do star ratings here but if i did have to i'd probably give it like a three out of five i think um it's a solid album it's a great listen i think the first half of the album is the strongest even though there's some great songs kind of peppered in the second half i think the flow and the feel of the first half really stands out but then by the second half it starts to lose a little bit of 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 your interest Mm -hmm. um but overall i thought this was a great album um dying wish i think is is definitely gonna you know continue growing making a name for themselves uh and i'm really excited to kind of see where they go from here right because 
they're not they're not shying away from like that old school vibe, mm-hmm. but they're definitely adding some modern twists. And I would almost like to see them maybe add more of that kind of black metal flair, right? Or yeah. or things to kind of really make them stand out. They're obviously dealing with very heavy and dark themes, so it'd be interesting to see if they can make that because you know, watch my uh, which one was it? No, Path to the Grave, for example. Um, it's a very fun kind of headbanging song. Mm-hmm. But the theme is very dark, you know, <laughs> and not that the music has to always match the theme of kind of what's going on. But, you know, I think there's a lot there that can kind of be pulled from. But that's my overall thoughts on the album. Yeah, uh, same same here. I would say like it's in the middle. Um, if, you, if you're saying like three out of five, yeah, three out of five, three and a half out of five would be my my spot, too. Um, it does a lot of things. Great. It's a great vibe. It doesn't stay with me forever. Like for example, how spirit box did um, because of how the songs spun together, but it is, it is a fun ride while you're listening to it. Um, it overstays a wall. It's welcome. Just a slight, just with the amount of songs. Um, I think they would have been a little bit stronger, uh, maybe cutting out. I think it was hell's final blessing. We talked about and making it a tight 10 songs. Um, but o- overall, it's definitely worth a listen. Uh, I, I don't know if you'll ever go back to it, but it's definitely a great time takes you back to the old metalcore days and if you've never if you didn't grow up with those um then this might feel fresh to you and then maybe you might entice you to kind of go back and listen to those days awesome well there you guys have it that are that is our thoughts on dying wish album uh Sorry, I lost the name here. Symptoms of Survival. Um, They are on tour starting in January. You can find them in Sydney and London, which is actually, or sorry, Australia and England, rather, because I'm seeing the like Manchester, Perth, Sydney. So that's really cool. So if you guys are in those areas, Mm -hmm. obviously go ahead and check them out. Let's go give this band a lot of love and support. Absolutely. uh, Because, you know, they need it, right? The follows, the likes, the the comments on the Instagrams, all of that goes a long way. And one of the big things that we want to do with this podcast is obviously promote these bands Mm -hmm. out there and make sure that more people know about them, learn about them, and uh, give us your own thoughts about these guys. Um, John? As always, an amazing time talking with you. you too. I love just how much we kind of sync up on our thoughts, yeah. even though we do absolutely no prep for this. Yeah. Um, but uh, but at the same time, you gave me a lot to think about, and I have to go check out at the gates now. Yes, you do. And everyone else to listen to right, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, thank you guys once again. We'll see you next time. Take care. <laughs>